Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Digipop. Hello, welcome to Digipop with me, Rob Gillett, and part two of my conversation with the filmmaker and spoken word artist Gary Turk. In part one, we spoke all about Gary's life from leaving school right through to making his hit viral video look up, which uh, at the point where we left the conversation had notched up one million views in about five days. In part two, uh, I started by asking Gary uh, if he had any sense that the film would be so successful while he was making it. Did you pop? I, I had that while I was making it. I felt like I was onto something here, but as more time went by and I, there was more ability for other people to maybe end up doing something on the subject. Like I was paranoid while I was making it. It's like, if I don't make this quick enough, someone else is gonna do it. So I kind of felt like I had this idea. And as I, every time I got a good shot and I watched it back, I was like, oh, people are gonna really like that one. That really shows something in a way that we've never seen it before. It's like, I'm onto something here. And then as time kind of goes by on a project, the longer you take on it, you start to lose that perspective. Like you see all the cracks and you see all the cogs. And when you edit something, um, you kind of see the bits that you're maybe not too happy with or that didn't come out the way you wanted them to be. And you end up focusing more on the negative than the positive. And especially on a film like that, that's got so much emotion in it. I never expected that because I felt the emotion when I first wrote it. That was like almost a year before I released it. So, like, and through filming that scene where the old couple die, like the, the old lady dies and then they miss each other in the street, that's the most emotive part. Through filming that and writing it and going over it and taking ages to edit it, I lost that emotion. I didn't feel it when I watched it. And because I was expecting it as well, there's a the thing about you yeah. can never see something for the first time again. I came up with the idea, so I always knew that was going to happen. So I've never seen that film in a way that other people have seen it. So I didn't even realize how emotional it would be or how people would react to it. So when I first started showing friends, like the day after I made it, and, uh, and like friends said to me, like, I'll just show this to my mum, and she started crying, or people were like, oh my God, this is amazing, I really liked it. I was just like, they were just being really nice. Or like, just the idea that people were crying when they watched it just seemed odd to me at the time. It wasn't like, oh, that's because it's emotional. It's like, oh, they may be... Either they're on something, <laughs> or they, you know, they kind of maybe. That's it, though. I think tapped a nerve. I think people. You can often, you know, people will say nice things to you when you ask them if they like yeah. something. But crying is not often in the yeah. the range of responses, is it? But so it did. So it was the first time was when someone just texted me saying, "My mum just watched your film and she cried," and I all I thought was. Well, if you're anything to go by, your mum's probably a bit weird. It was, it was crazy. <laughs> and I was like, I just wrote it off as that. And um, 
But then when like the film started going viral and all the comments of people being like, oh my God, I'm crying. And then all the headlines, like the main thing was like seeing the blog sites and people that share it because they always create a headline for it. And that's almost like your biggest comment in a way. Like that's someone trying to sum up exactly what you've made and get other people to see it in a tagline. And it was all stuff like, this film will make you put down your phone. This film will change your life. Or be like, this film will make you cry. And, and I was just like, I hadn't seen it as being like this huge thing and people were commenting being like oh yeah this really kind of changed my life and this made me cry and this kind of stuff and and I kind of it was hard to kind of take that I, there was no way I was ever going to be like yeah you know I planned that that was meant to happen yeah. you know I, yeah. I wanted to make you cry I know this is emotional this is what I can do this is my gift it was not that at all it's like I had this idea I made this film I never got to experience it in that way but people are taking you know so much away from this film and kind of feeling certain stuff that I couldn't have like I don't feel like I made people feel that way the film did like it's it's from the subject matter it's from the same way that people connect with it like this is a big thing that's happened to people the way that social media has changed their lives people are on their phones all the time people are trying to find the loves of their lives and don't know where they're going to meet them so when you kind of make this film and the subject matter connects with people that's on them more than it is me like if they it's because of social media and their situation that they kind of feel this whereas I just kind of created the festival and the thing that transmitted the message that led them to feeling that so I've never experienced that and I can't take all the credit for it but it, so it, it was a big surprise when it started having that kind of effect video goes out you're away yeah and and then one million views that's that's sort of like not even a small part of what it became like you were at that no, point of that... going a million I mean wh- where's your mind at when that's happened I thought that was it it got to a million, and I'd never even fathomed past a million. Because it was, such, it was a weird process getting. It was like it, the views doubled every day. I, I couldn't keep track of it. I couldn't see where it was getting shared because I was on tour with a band, and I had no data on my phone. So the only time I could check in was hotel lobbies and receptions and things. So I would we'd stop at one place, and we'd have half an hour before we go sound check, and I'd have to film them. And I didn't have time when we had like Wi-Fi half the time I was busy filming I couldn't check so I'd go on and I'd see I'd had all these emails and things and I'd be like where's all this coming from I'd realised that the film had suddenly got like 20,000 views and I was like when I'd left it was on a thousand so that was like whoa like has it got 20, like 20,000 20,000 views that's I mean that is a lot for a video that's been on for a few days yeah I was like that's so at the time that was that I was almost ready to celebrate there and then and then so I'd check in again the next day and it'd be on 100,000 views. And then the next day it'd be on 300,000 views. And then before I knew it, it's like I checked in and, uh, and it just, it, it was on a million. And we were in Berlin. And, uh, and I guess if I say I celebrated would be an understatement. <laughs> like, it, was, it was just a crazy moment. I can remember like I was with the band and they were all rallying around and having a look and they couldn't believe how it grown because we'd been stopping and being like my video's going a bit more and then suddenly when it, when it got to like you know half a million it was like whoa like we before we're going to need to do something about this at some point and then it just got to a million so quick that we just I, was, I, I wanted to cry I actually did I didn't I was like it was like half being like this is all I've wanted was to have a successful film and to connect to people and and it was suddenly getting recognition and I was also on tour with a rock band. It was hard to kind of remember it because we went through this kind of phase where 
at every stop you'd make I'd kind of check in on it but then we were also like going for drinks and stuff and, uh, and by the time it hit a million we were in Berlin and I wanted to cry and we didn't know what to do and and so I, it matter is I don't really remember it so much getting <laughs> to like a million it was just this blur of like I was working full on like filming I was in Berlin and checking in on the film on say like twice a day and seeing the views jump up and being like oh this is amazing but I can't do a lot about it I need to get to this next place and film yeah, here and, yeah. and it was like a documentary where I was kind of with them and it was kind of all filmed on the rough and nothing came of it because it turned out really bad but um, this film kind of went off and the crazy thing was that the next day if you like talking of like worst hangovers I woke up not only with a hangover but the day after I seen it had a million views it had 10 million views it had done 9 million in the day Did you pop Hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Did you just think at that point like all of this uh, is caught up with me and I've lost the plot. This isn't real. Part of that, yeah. <laughs> and there's, there's, I was just trying to put it into kind of perspective. The, um, so the band had this equipment for all their gear and stuff. And, you know, when they're putting in the samples or backing tracks or whatever on stage. And, and so they opened up their software that you could put like a set the tempo for the music or put a metronome in. And you'd put in like how many beats per minute. And so one of them had the clever idea of ref on that day when it done 10 million in a day, they thought, let's, let's refresh it after a minute, see how many views it's gone up by. And, um, and we'll put that amount into beats per minute, but obviously it counts as views per minute, and we'll, we'll play it. And so we listened to the, the metronome basically, make the noise of, it, it would have worked out as this is how many people are viewing the video right now. These are the clicks as they happen on your video. It must have just been a constant It was a constant noise. A, well, it was like, it wasn't a constant noise, but you couldn't hear the individual. It was, I can't even make the noise. It was just like, like just way faster yeah, than that. Yeah. And it was then that I was thinking, and then someone said, and then people started chipping and being like, 10 million people, that's like, God, how many Wembleys is that? Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. when you work out in terms of stadium mm -hmm. sizes or the audience or how many people, or, or like that's, that's twice the amount of people in New Zealand. Like it's just it's like everyone watching it in New Zealand twice. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, and so at that point it did just start to make me kind of go a bit crazy, and and I I didn't know what to do. I didn't I didn't post anything on if if this was to happen now you'd think right I need to utilise this I need to be present yeah. I need to yeah. be posting stuff on Facebook I need to engage with people 
I didn't do any of that. I didn't post anything on Facebook, nothing on Twitter. I put, what I did actually do was the opposite. I put my Instagram onto private. I put my Twitter onto private. It was this thing where it's like I've suddenly made this film that's slating social media, and then everyone's going to be looking back and trying to find the pictures that I've taken. Yeah, at the trying time to unpick my dinner and like oh, unpick your uh, your yeah. argument. And I wasn't prepared. Like I, I did not expect anyone more than my friends to see this film. So when it kind of came out, um, and everyone was seeing it, I had this like kind of mini panic of like, oh, what are people going to dig up? And they're kind of going to look through all my stuff and. And, uh, and people were like, I was getting messages on Twitter where people had gone right back and seen jokes that I'd made when I was at university years before what I'd written that were just silly jokes, but because they're seeing me as this serious person who's yeah, word, yeah. they were not understanding that these were jokes. And, and, and I was just like, oh, what are people really digging stuff up? So I just put everything on private and I kind of hid. And the views were going mad. And you get approached by a lot of like networks and like multi-channel networks and stuff that kind of try and want to claim your channel and put adverts on there and right. generate revenue. And they contact you and tell you how much you could be earning and what you should earn. And you get them from all over the place. And uh, so then I had all that to deal with as well, which was difficult. And all this while I was like, hung over in Germany. <laughs> um, when did you, at what point did you first get contacted by the media? Because I think, I think the other th part of kind of what you're saying is the way that something like this can run away from you now. It's, it's part of the way the internet works is that people can write article after article about your film mm -hmm. but no one comes to you and actually speaks to you yeah at what point did you get the first call saying do you want to come and chat to us on bbc or whatever the first thing actually was really early on we had only done probably about fifty thousand views someone from like the danish version of the bbc were like that's how they kind of described it in their email said Can we've seen your film we'd love to do an interview with you and I was like the Danish version of the BBC man I've made it I was like this is going to be really cool <laughs> they're going to know me in Denmark I'm going to do a little interview about my little film and that hardly anyone's seen but and my main thoughts was then like well if I do this interview people might watch my film like yeah, it's like I needed yeah. to get people to see it and so I did that and uh, and then after that it wasn't for a long time and, and but what you mainly do get is people saying we want to show your film or we want to share your film, can we? Not many people are asking for interviews or anything. They're just saying like, oh, like say the Today Show in America would be like, oh, we're, we're doing a segment in the news and we want to show your film, is that okay? And they're just asking for permission. And that's kind of like a weird thing because you don't know what they're going to say or what they're going to do. Or yeah, is yeah. it because they think it's a bad film or they think it's a good film or they're going to joke about it? So but you're not in a position to start making demands and be like, oh, only if you say this and what, what is the context mm -hmm. and that kind of thing. So that kind of happened and it was... Um, after a few million views that I'd start um, hearing people. But this is the problem again, that I had the situation where I just didn't have access to the internet very much. When I did, I was having to like, I was spending the time checking the views and reading the comments and then all these people that kind of, the friends were messaging me and stuff and kind of, that before I knew it, I'd be in the hotel room, I've woken up, I've gone to check it and the band are saying, right, I need to get in the car now, we need to head off and get ready there for the sound check. Then I need to be filming the whole time. When we got the venue, they didn't have Wi-Fi, so. Nothing really happened until about two weeks after the film, until I came home. Um, and I that's guess when... When you get to those sort of numbers anyway, like millions mm -hmm. of things, it, keeping track of what's happening, where it's coming from, is almost impossible anyway. Especially if you, if you can't yeah. spend the time kind of pulling it apart. Yeah, I've never read all the comments, I've never seen all the articles, there's no way I'll ever find them again. I'll never see all the tweets, because I wasn't on the internet as they kind of come in. So 
it's a weird thing that you just kind of have to let it go. You need to understand that this film is bigger than you and it just exists now on the internet. It's a life force of its own. Like it still does now, over two years later. It can do between 20,000 to 100,000 views a day. Just last month, it did a million views. midlife crisis on a Harley Davidson yeah or something. Um, yeah so but yeah it still does it's, it's a force of its own like in the way that I'm not promoting it I don't share it but because it's a film that's got so many views it just continues to get shared by blog sites or people search most viewed spoken word film or they kind of find it in different ways that last month we did a million views and it continues to keep getting a lot of views and, uh, and that's a good thing and a bad thing in the way that I've just got this thing that's constantly being recognised and being seen but then it's I'm still struggling to make anything that's even getting noticed or seen as much as that. I guess what's happened with it though is, is it's so well known that you've got that situation where I don't know, family Sunday lunch and a teenager's on their phone and mm -hmm. one of the adults because <laughs> to me I sound really old yeah. or completely <laughs> detached from humanity um, is gone you know, that reminds me of that film Look Up and then people go and play it show it to each other again and that's that conversation or that scenario is happening over and over again. Yeah, I mean it's not. So it will never, it will never go, it's it will always never go away, will it? It's, because unless it's social media goes thing. away, unless mobile phones go away, which they won't and they shouldn't, the film is always going to be relevant. So I'm kind of at the moment working on projects where I can kind of expand on this idea and keep the topic going. But then I also want to focus on accepting that maybe I've got a bit of an audience now and maybe have the opportunity to make new films on other subjects and raise awareness and other things and in other ways. But. For this film, it just kind of there was no way of kind of using it or kind of controlling it in the way that by the time I come back from Germany, it had 38 million views. So it's two weeks after it was released, 38 million views. And that one week alone that I came back, I found myself like on the One Show and BBC Breakfast, and I ended up on Good Morning Britain, like all all these TV shows and doing these talks. And like this, I was two weeks before this. I had this film that I'd made that I hadn't done anything with for almost a year and I put on the internet for any of my friends to see it and suddenly now I'm like this voice of a generation who's kind of making this stand against social media and I'm on television to talk about it and it was just a very weird experience that I wasn't, not that I wasn't ready for it, I just, I'd, I didn't really take it all in because it was just such a whirlwind, it just happened and then it's like I stopped and looked back and I was like oh did that really just happen? Yeah, yeah, well I, th like, I think, I think from like knowing you, yeah. it, to me it was it was like that's Gary and he's now on on TV doing an interview and like I couldn't really reconcile the two people, like yeah. and not not in the sense that you've changed and I don't know you anymore <laughs> at all, but but like that to me, well I would have assumed that would have been quite a a big deal for you, like in terms of how did you approach that? Suddenly I have to sit on TV and answer questions. Like it was weird because when it's the online world, like, it's not like I had a movie that suddenly everyone was like in cinemas to see and I was doing press junkets and I was being called upon to make the next film and have the next starring role. I just made this film and it sat on the internet and all this stuff was happening all while I was just, like, once I come back from Germany, I was just sat at home doing the things I would normally do. Like, yeah. 
no matter what I did, this thing kept growing and kept being shared and being talked about. And then I'd get an email every now and then being like, hey, will you come and be on BBC Breakfast? And then I'd finally leave my house and, you know, where I was just chilling, watching TV, eating sandwiches with my housemates who were, you know, they were a police officer and worked in a bike shop and we were just chilling. And then I'd get on the train and go up to the TV studios in Manchester and be in the green room with a member of Girls Aloud and suddenly sit on TV and I'm chatting live to That's the nation. That's when you know you've made it, when you're in the green room with a member of Girls Aloud. A member of Girls Aloud, <laughs> and we were building Lego. Um, something to do. But uh, yeah, and then I'd come back on the train and get back home and uh, and then that'd be it. It's like I was, it was like a double life in the way that suddenly all these weird, like glamorous or, or like TV kind of moments would happen, but then nothing else changed in my life. I wasn't suddenly rich. I wasn't suddenly have these opportunities coming in or knowing what I was going to do next. I didn't have a clue. And then I couldn't find, I didn't find myself all over social media, like starting, you know, sharing my life on Snapchat and having loads of Instagram followers because I put the whole thing on private. I was too scared to kind of post anything. It's yeah. only now, like this week, that I've come back and You're kind back. of accepted it and been like Instagram's off of private. Like my, I've got 113,000 people who follow me on YouTube, but I have 700 on Instagram because I've only just turned it off private. I'm only yeah. just let people... You know, only just accepting the fact that, oh no, come on, this is, the film was bigger than me, I can't let it, you know, get me down or realise that, oh no, I've got to live up to this thing that I'm preaching. Because, in a way, that people took the film, you know, too far further than I meant. The film was called yeah, Look Up yeah. from Your Phone, it wasn't throw it away. So, even though I was never preaching to get rid of social media and that, because that's how a lot of people took it, I felt like that's how I was now being seen and had to kind of and be. But now I'm just accepting, like, no, you know, this is. This is no. Let me come out with my story. This is what I actually meant. This mm. is, mm. you know, what I I think that phones can make our lives, you know, although they can make our lives terrible, they can like change how we act and make us perceive ourselves in different ways and compete with other people. They're also amazing tools that allow us to connect with people and can raise money and give people awareness of things that they wouldn't normally be aware about. So I'm completely equal in in both minds, but it's about being able to say. Now, I made this film, but that's only one side of the story. I've got, I've got more to kind of share and to say. Was that the hardest kind of, not consequence, that's not the right word, but the hardest kind of thing about having Look Up be such a success was, was people kind of almost oversimplifying it in their interpretation and then just assuming that you were this kind of anti-technology, anti-phone, anti-social media guy and that was your kind of, that was your one thing, like that was yeah. your, your, your mission and it actually that's sort of not not really what it was it was much more of an emotional kind of softer kind of just think about it it's almost a message just think about it it's not like you say it's not chuck it away yeah yeah it's, 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 it was that's all it was but yet if you kind of open up the internet and give people a platform to say whatever they want like if you ever go on to any kind of political video on YouTube and read the comments then you could easily convince yourself that democracy is a bad idea like this, the world is too big and varied and diverse and, and there's too many people and, and even you can't let like one or two comments kind of get you down but it was hard not to when people were saying oh this guy is a hypocrite or you know a lot of people were saying oh you know he's making a, a film about how bad social media is but sharing it on social media the idea that I made this viral film was a notion that kept going around and that's why they call me a hypocrite but the idea that you can't make a viral film I made this expecting my friends to see it yeah, I expected yeah. it to get me a job in television as a director that's what I was kind of aiming for at the time that I made it so the idea that I was suddenly this hypocrite that decided to take on social media and make this viral film was 
yeah, never my intention any crazy. I think, I think it's uh, really uh, <laughs> like that whole idea of, of I'm going to make a viral video is just in is insane. I know, and one of the things when you have a viral video is you do get a lot of companies approach you yeah. and say we would like you to make a video for us. They don't just say, oh, we want you to make a video and we hope that it does well. They, they'll tell you they want you to make them a viral video. Mm. And that's the craziest... Which is, the, which is not what a viral video is. Yeah. Like you, <laughs> like, you can make a video and hope it goes viral, but the only way... The only people that can make a viral video is the audience, the people watching it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think that's... To me, that's one of the worst things about the internet. It's just this sort of... From a... I guess it's a business thing, isn't it? But it's all geared towards being viral. Being shareable is slightly softer, but it's like, just make good stuff and then see what happens. <laughs> like, yeah. Don't approach it from the angle of... And there are people... This needs that, to be yeah. viral. So a lot of companies kind of want things to be viral for the, to have that claim and to kind of say. And, and a lot of the whole, what it means to be viral is being manufactured now and manipulated in the, yeah. in the way that yeah. what Facebook are kind of... As soon as Facebook wants to compete with YouTube, then they're going to do whatever they can to say that they have more viral videos, so they can do whatever they can to make sure that videos get more views or seem as if they get more views. Mm. So it's just a manipulation of the numbers, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, you kind of have that kind of thing. But to have something organic that you never even tried to make viral or expected to go viral, that is not something that you can then say to people, OK, well, I'll, I'll do that for you. I'll unexpectedly make something that will go viral. Yeah. It's not, you can't... Yeah plan to do something that you'd never plan to do in the first place. Well, and also the, the, the kind of whole concept is just a huge amount of pressure, isn't it? To, to be in a position where you are expected to produce mm -hmm. something that, that reaches 50 million plus people is just, you can't, no one knows, no one knows the secret to that because if you did, you wouldn't, mm. you wouldn't need to work again. <laughs> what for you is the single best moment as a result of, of look up success the freedom it's given me to focus on the things that I want to make and be happy knowing that people will watch it and will enjoy it and not like the whole feeling I had before making look up was all I want to do is be able to it wasn't the money it wasn't the success it was like I, I wish I could just live my life making the things that I want to make and not have to worry about, oh, does a TV company want to buy this? Or am I going to be able to get a job making this? Am I going to get hired to work on a TV show and get to direct? It's more like, I wish I had that freedom to be like, oh, I've got this idea, I'm going to make it and put it out there. And I, I didn't even know that I could do that. The whole idea of having like a YouTube channel where you are the sole creator and boss and then you had like this audience following, that, that hadn't been, you know, something that I was aware of so the best outcome of Look Up was suddenly realising that, that you can have this career just making videos that you want to make and have people see them and not even just for YouTube just kind of being able to have the freedom to be my own person and have kind of recognition that's if yeah if I had to sum it up it'd be the recognition like freedom and recognition so the idea that I can go to another country and give a talk on something that I'm interested and passionate about and people will come and they'll listen and uh, or people will invite me to go to a certain event because they know that um, I have something to say on that topic or that I've done something that no one else has done. Just having that kind of ability without always worrying about 
what it is I want to do because you spend so much of your life always trying to get somewhere you're mm -hmm. thinking oh, I'll be happier when I've got here or oh no my life would be so much better if I had this and had that and it's just being able to stop and be like oh no I've got enough now I'm kind of happy that I'm able to create and do stuff and that as long as like my last film that I made that I put out this week the last lines in it, it come from that it's the idea that there's no getting anywhere without making the getting there good and I've kind of that's what I've kind of accepted and learned and that's what look up has taught me so that's like the best thing that's come from it I guess so you've had quite a lot of time obviously between look up yep. sort of going viral yeah <laughs> so, and uh, and and coming back and putting a new film out yeah what just just I mean you touched on it in your last answer but what have you been doing what have you been doing what have I been doing <laughs> The whole first year after Look Up came out was just dealing with the kind of not collateral damage, but the whole what has this film done to society now that people are aware of this and where what is my role in that? So it was more like anything that came up to do with technology or children to do with social media, then I was invited to come and do talks. And, uh, and so I got to travel around, going to events and, and speaking. And I, I worked, I would get approached by companies to kind of maybe give them advice or help and be like, right, we want to create um, a technology company, but we don't want it to take over people's lives. We want it to kind of work for people, not, you know, uh, be a hindrance. Because um, that's all we want at the end of the day is these tools that will work for us and not kind of, you know, make us slaves to them. So I had a, like a, I found myself with a voice, so I worked with companies doing that kind of thing and traveling. And then I, I, I made a couple of other videos as well um, because companies um, came to me. One of the videos was for the Money Advice Service, which is a, you know, a non-for-profit uh, part of the government that just wants to make sure that people are better with their money and, uh, and kind of spend more and kind of like, you know, save more and kind of look after it, like this whole culture now of people working all week just to then blow it all on yeah, the weekend yeah. and that was something I felt passionate about and wanted to talk about and it was separate and away from look up so I thought oh you know I'll do that so I kind of made that video but then the problem there is working with a company that then actually just what they want you to do is make them a viral video they just wanted me to make another look up mm -hmm. so I had this experience of where I wrote this film and wanted to make the film and I gave it to them and they were like oh no we want you to shorten it we want you to change this we want it to be more like look up we want it and, they, and I realized at the end of the day they just wanted me to make them another look up and the film kind of got changed a bit and that went on my channel and it's, it's got half a million views but it's it's never going to be as big as look up and it was also as much as I think it's a good film, I just don't feel connected to it in the way that it wasn't all me. It was a yeah, lot of people. Yeah, yeah. And then there was little things like there's another film on there about getting young people to vote. And that was just a spur of the moment where I was watching the news and realizing how the direction the country was going in and how we had this big election coming up and, and how I saw part of the news where a reporter went around and started asking young people in the street who they were going to vote for and they didn't even know who was running and they didn't really care. And I just knew that these are going to be the same people who in maybe a year's time are going to be moaning about the state of the country and how things are and why they can't afford to do this or why they haven't got the freedom to do that. Mm -hmm. I thought, why aren't they being more active? So I decided that I need, I'm going to make a film about that. And the registration to vote deadline was the week after. So I actually film, I wrote, filmed and edited a film in three days and put it on the internet. And, uh, and that did quite well. And then it's like the more I do these different topics, so where I did the one on spending, I found myself then... Um, going on to you know 
different radio shows when it came to Christmas time to talk about how to sometimes it's just as nice to give something, someone something you made rather than something you bought. Like yeah. what is, where, where does value come from? Yeah. And then with the politics one, I found myself on Newsnight and kind of like just talking about, and then that's when I started to realize like, hold on, I've got a bit of an ability here to kind of touch on a subject and share it in a way and spoken word. I started going to a lot of shows and I wanted to learn more about that because if I was suddenly going to be labeled as a spoken word artist everywhere, I kind of wanted to make sure I got a bit better at it before I relaunched and came back and was doing more. So the whole first year was just yeah, me going around, trying new stuff, doing talks, doing whatever. Like it wasn't like a look up, made a bit of money as well from it. So I had the freedom that I could take time out and kind of accept what had happened and kind of decompress without mm-hmm. having to worry about, oh, I need to get on to the next job. Um, and then the whole last year, I've actually been working on other projects away from YouTube. So, um, which I can't say much about, but they're bigger, uh, things that are basically taking the message of look up and being like, well, what more can I do with this? How can I share um, this message and keep it going because phones aren't going anywhere and, and also prove that I'm not this anti-technology person. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's always good if you've got something you can't talk about. Like, I think that's yeah. like, it's a good position. Yeah, I don't want well, it. I, can't I, say hate, anything I about hate saying that. Oh, I can't say that. It's like when you hear people put a video out on YouTube just to say they've got a special announcement that they can't say anything about. It's like, well, don't make a video to tell us you can't tell us about anything because we weren't waiting it's to hear about it until you told us. I can't that. tell you. Yeah. But no, I kind of, through making Look Up and it being seen by so many people, I've got to meet some cool people that are like doing some amazing stuff already and they kind of want to work together and, and to kind of make things that um, will then hopefully allow me to because having made look up and like going to all these events and talking I've got to meet all these experts and scientists and companies and people and like I've been educated myself so much more since making and writing look up as to how technology is affecting us and social media and our phones that I feel like I've got so much more to say now but to put another spoken word video out would look just like I'm trying to redo look up again that I'm trying to think how and also I've already reached 58 million people on my YouTube channel and half a billion people in Asia, like how, like what other ways they're reaching people. So it's more about me now as well, looking at mm-hmm. other mediums and other ways of uh, getting the message across and, and making something that's maybe more accessible to people than say a spoken word video. Like what are people more likely to watch and enjoy and be able to learn from and, and take a message away. So the whole last year has been working on these projects and getting those going and they're starting to kind of come you know into fruition now and kind of take off so hopefully they'll be happening soon but in the, also recently in the last month I've, I've kind of I got invited to kind of go and speak at some conferences about making a viral film and weirdly having made a viral film on YouTube and been like the fourth most trending video on YouTube of the year it wasn't until last month that I met my first YouTuber. Like I'd never met another YouTuber until a month ago. This is something I wanted to ask you about. Is is uh, like do you, do you consider yourself a YouTuber? Because to me, there's that that there's a there's a kind of type of person attached to that which I don't really perceive you to be at all. No, I've always been quite stubborn and, and said no. I'm a, I'm a filmmaker. Yeah. Like I just happen to put my videos on YouTube. And to me, a YouTuber is someone who does it full time, 
has a regular audience in the terms of like they're putting out a video every day or every week or they have a schedule mm. and they're doing stuff and, uh, and and to me YouTube has always had like this stigma or like a stereotype to it like you're not oh anybody could do that you're well, not well to me it's just a, usually a teenager just sort of talking yeah exactly you kind of associate it with that so I kind of went to this and so I'd never kind of even been in that kind of world I've not collaborated with other YouTubers I've not been to the YouTube space and kind of worked and all on my channel in that way um, but I went to this event in Belfast uh, and uh, met other people that were like full-time making like daily vloggers people other people making uh, spoken word videos those who did like the tutorials and things and I met all these different people and it was from going to that that I, it, it was like a few days in Belfast but it just really interested me like I suddenly realized that there's this whole world that I'm involved in but I'd never really been in it's like that Chinese saying of being like a frog in a well like you're, you're at the bottom and all you can see when you look up is this tiny little hole but you don't know what because you're stuck in this well yeah and you haven't decided to climb up and have a look you yeah, don't yeah, you only yeah. know one small part of it so I've never really dived into the world of YouTube and, and kind of worked out what it's really all about so going to this event kind of allowed that and I was you know amazed and it also made me realize how lucky I was to have the subscribers I've got and the views that I've got and didn't realize the potential that maybe my channel has for good and and to allow me to talk to my audience or to kind of create more and, and to kind of take these people with me on my journey when I start doing other stuff. So I kind of learned that and then I thought well, I'm going to go to VidCon after going to Belfast because it was this small conference one day thing mm -hmm. and then all these people that were there were like oh you're coming to VidCon that's in a few weeks times which is the big huge conference in LA which is every YouTuber going if they're available goes there it's like a three-day event and it's just it's like it's the it's for, for YouTubers. It's like the rock and roll of YouTube. It's like where they go and there's hordes of screaming fans yeah, chasing them yeah. around, and it's kind of a really weird atmosphere. But I went and kind of I didn't do any talks or kind of join in in any way. I just kind of got myself a pass and hung out with other YouTubers and kind of tried to find out more about this world that I had access to if I wanted it. And I kind of realised then how blessed and how lucky I was to kind of have this platform. So I thought I need to do something with this. So I'd been, I'd had an idea for a film I wanted to make for a while, from having done a, a talk that I got invited to, talk at some environmental summit and uh, and perform a piece. So I'd, I'd written this two and a half minute poem that I performed there, and I'd always thought I'd, I think this would make a really nice film, but it would need to be quite kind of epic and filmed in a certain way that it's all about nature and outdoors. So that's always been on my mind, and then. When I realised like I had this channel, I thought, well, I should I should start making this video. So I started making that one, and I thought, well, I can't just suddenly come back over a year later just with like this video and mm -hmm. no mention of mm -hmm. like, oh, is he back for good now? Is he where's he been for the last year? What's kind of happened? Or everyone that had subscribed to me was suddenly going to get this notification that I've got a film out, and they're going to be like, well, who's I don't remember who's subscribing this guy. This guy? So I may I thought having met so a lot of my time at VidCon was speaking to other YouTubers and trying to find out right I want to relaunch my channel how would you recommend I do it how, what's the best way I know I'm probably going to have to talk to the camera but that's not my thing I'm not comfortable doing that I had my camera and the setup ready to do that shot um, for weeks and just couldn't even bring myself to do it it was so awkward. Um, but I asked them and they were saying like, you know, just, just talk to the camera as if it's a person, kind of address the people, say what you've got to say and at the end of the day you can edit it 
And it was the way that what do I want the people to know? And it's like if they've just seen my films, no one's got a clue that I used to have a background in comedy and that I've got a sense of humour. Yeah, so yeah. I thought I'm going to try and inject a bit of humour into this, let people know the story of Look Up and how it kind of went crazy while I was in Germany and that I made it for my friends and never planned this. So I thought I need to make this video. So I spent a week just focusing on like just relaunching my channel. So I made this video and then and I thought right and then a week after that I released the the nature one that I've been making um, as if to say like this is where I've been this is what I'm up to and then a week later was like well here's my next video I'm back and I'm going to try and do a monthly video so whether that makes me a YouTuber now or not I'm going to try and put up regular content of things but to me it's not trying to be a YouTuber it's more trying to keep my audience engaged in mm -hmm. a way that I've got these cool, exciting projects coming yeah. up that I'd love them to be aware of. But if I'm not, if they don't remember who I am, then what's what's the point? Mm. So well, I guess that's it. It's where you've YouTube ultimately is where you've come to be known through Look Up. So yeah. So the, 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 film, the issue of, I've always had is that the film is very famous. You say to someone, "Have you seen Look Up?" Or do you remember that film about the yeah, yeah. the phones where everyone's on it? But then if you say to someone, "Oh, do you know who Gary Turk is?" Mm -hmm. They haven't got a clue. And because I'm so like just sh only in the film a short amount of talking to the, the thing that even talking to people that have seen the film they wouldn't know it was me yeah. if they met me. Well, I've spoken to people who have met you previously, yeah, and said about Look Up, and they've they've not even realised they've not even realised it's you. They've, they've right. like they've known Look Up and they've seen it and whatever, but they haven't mm -hmm. connected the dots and gone, oh yeah, that's Gary who I met at a party two years ago. Like they, so so that's interesting to me that you have kind of. Yeah, I think it's I think it's really nice that you've you've got an awareness of that because some people would just be like, I've got this film that did really well and everyone knows me. I don't know, the film's famous. But I am not, and that's where I kind of thought that if I want to be doing more stuff, unless I was going to make it all in the same way as Look Up or on the same subjects, or every film was followed by like Look Up Part Two or from the creator of Look Up. Like, yeah, unless it was going yeah. to be, if I wanted to kind of let Look Up go or let it kind of exist in another realm and move forward my YouTube channel, I had to kind of introduce myself. So I made this video that said, hey, I'm Gary, as if like, I know I've made this huge video, but you don't know me yet. Mm -hmm. This is me, this is my plan, this is what I want to do. And then give them another video and kind of take my social media off private, kind of let people in, encourage people to follow me and say to them, like, I'm going to use this as a tool. I'm not going to be this person who's on it all the time because that would be against what I'm teaching. Yeah, but yeah. I'm going to start, you know, I can show you the good sides. I'm going to start doing that. And it's, it's only been, you know, just over a day since the last spoken word video has been out but the comments have been amazing I've yet to really send it out to any kind of blog sites or people like that I kind of wanted it to see what happens organically mm -hmm. and then push to kind of maybe get more views but at the moment it's just kind of seeing how people take to the idea of me coming back and making more videos so tell us a bit about about the new film where did that idea come from and why is why is being outdoors more something that is important to you um, I've always growing up quite an outdoorsy kind of kid having grown up on like the south coast and like south downs and I went to like cub scouts and my mum was one of the leaders and I used to go there every year to like go kayaking and like climbing and like they used to love just and and just when you're a kid like there's just always this feeling that I kind of miss that's when you finish school you come home the first thing you want to do is just go out or if you're out like with your parents like walking the dog you were the same as the dog. You were the one just running off, like, and they were having to tell you to wait or to come back. But now it's like, you know, when was the last time you ran? Like, sometimes you might only be in your 20s, but you can ask yourself, when was the last time you ran? Unless you're a runner, like, 
or you were late for something? Like, when was the last time you just decided to for fitness or just for I fun? I don't even run if I'm late. Like, no. I refuse to run <laughs> pretty much for anything. If I was being chased, maybe. I won't, I won't run for a train. I'd just miss it. No. I'd rather just miss it. So it's not even just about running. Though. It's that idea of just kind of getting out and kind of appreciating the outdoors. And so I used to be like an outdoor like, activity instructor, like I mentioned, and kind of the whole... And the environment and the and like climate change is something that I'm only really aware of because I lived with someone doing like a degree in environmental studies and kind of they were very keen on recycling and then watching documentaries that they had on and I kind of started to learn more about it and be more interested. Then when I got invited to kind of do a talk in Utah in America at this environmental summit on top of a mountain, which is kind of crazy, I. I thought, right, they, they wanted me to do a poem. It could have been on anything. Was I it thought, just you on top of the mountain with everyone below listening? Yeah, very much like <laughs> Moses, my followers. I had two big tablets. <laughs> the megaphone. Instead of, like, tablets of stone, they were iPad tablets. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, just delivering this, this speech. But no, no, it was like this kind of... It's like this institute kind of thing where they kind of hold, like, a two-day retreat up this mountain and they have, like, TED Talk-style lectures from people and environmentalists like the Bill Gates Foundation were there and... And it was all kind of like uh, sponsored by Richard Branson and Virgin and stuff. And they kind of had um, different people giving like keynotes. And then he also had like performers. So I was more of a performer than a lecturer. So I could have performed anything. And I was doing like this pre-dinner poem. So there was like a huge like a uh, dining hall filled with people. All like long tables waiting for food. And I was like one of the performers. So I did a big performance one evening, like an actual show. But they wanted me to do like a pre-dinner kind of speech and, uh, and I was like oh this is going to be difficult and I thought it could be like one of your poems it could be on anything and the whole theme of the day was the environment and stuff and so I was like oh I should do something on that why would it be a bit weird if I suddenly come on and I've been learning about the environment all day and then I come on and talk about how it's like something kind of really kind of whimsical or yeah, so I thought yeah. I need to do something like in my style but about the environment but now I'm no more educated on climate change or global warming than anyone else so it's so this new film's not very deep or into that kind of I don't get too scientific or into it it was just that I wanted to talk about more the idea of like well you're not going to really care about the planet or what happens to it if you don't use it or you don't go outside and we don't kind of appreciate nature so I wrote a poem all about it's called In Our Nature and it's just all about how when you're a child all you want to do is go out and climb trees and, and enjoy everything but we kind of lose that kind of wonder and excitement as we grow up and and the way that a lot of people, especially with Pokemon Go now, like even though they're getting out more, they're, yeah, see, I they're, wanted to ask you about this. They're watching everything through a screen. I think it's like it's. I'm I'm in two minds about Pokemon Go. I think it's great that finally this app that's getting people outside and they're kind of going outside more and 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 they're sitting inside on an app. But then again, you've got to be like, is that the incentive you needed to go outside as a video game? Like, the, out of all the reasons to go outside, because of the weather, because it's nice, because of the scenery, and because of the people, and to connect. Like, one of the things I talk about in the film is is how being outdoors connects you with everyone, because there are no walls, there are no limits. You yeah, can speak yeah. to anyone. You're kind of... At the beginning of time, there were no buildings, there was no nothing. We are just a species on this planet, and we are all here. There was no Pokemon Go. There was no Pokemon Go. So the whole idea that the only reason you're now getting outside and experience all this natural beauty it's is because of... bloody Pikachu. A little, a little computerised <laughs> animal on a screen. And even though you are outside, yes, you're like, oh, but I've, I wouldn't have gone to that field if it wasn't for Pokemon Go. It's like, but did you even really take in that field, or did you look at the whole thing through your screen as you were playing it? So I can't argue with it. It's a great thing. It's getting more people outside, but... Hopefully it will get people outside and make them realise what they've been missing out mm. on 
Because if people go out and play Pokemon Go and then the next day they're like, well, I really liked going to that park. I think we should just go back there. That's an, that's, Pokemon Go has done a brilliant thing. Yeah, let's but, go and have a picnic tomorrow but, rather um, than just me on my own yeah. <laughs> tripping over a log. Playing Pokemon. It's just... There's already people like falling off cliffs and walking into yeah. traffic. So it's uh, it's like you're being outside, but you're not really engaged and and looking at where mm. your surroundings. I like are. when you start it up and it says, uh, "Make sure you're aware of your surroundings at all times." I've not, I've not even like, opened the app. They knew they knew straight away that <laughs> there were certain issues with just sending people outside, but actually not having them look at anything other than their phone to see where they're going. I can. Um, yeah, the whole so the idea of the film was just to kind of encourage people to be outside more and kind of appreciate nature and the earth and kind of and realise if we look after it, it'll look after us in return because it's what keeps us alive. The trees give us oxygen. You kind of like the sun makes things grow and gives us food. Like if we kind of let things fall apart because we're not really paying much attention to it and realise how nice it is, then future generations are not going to have that. So, yeah. and that's kind of something that I just kind of wanted to make and I filmed it all with like a, a drone and kind of wanted the shots to be kind of epic and nice and outdoorsy and kind of just make something that's not so preachy and like saying oh like I think you should be on your phone less, I think you should spend less, I think you should pay more attention to politics. More was just like the world is beautiful and amazing, let's go out and enjoy it yeah. and I thought that would be a good kind of film to come back with but it's got elements of look up in the way that I'm saying if we all, there's a line in it where I say we should be exploring new lands instead we watch the world for a window that we keep in our hands and it's whether a lot of people see the world but through social media but yeah for those that want it it's out there yeah yeah people are quite happy to scroll through the seven wonders of the world on Instagram mm-hmm. and never yeah. see any of them I suppose I thought it was very appropriate we were to sit and do the interview outside today yeah and we haven't got very far outside but no. I can see a field I can see green there's lots of green and we've heard some magpies fighting mm-hmm. so and we're in a shade I'm at it? one with nature Right now, <laughs> <You are? laughs> yeah. This is is nature at one with you? No, God no, never. No. Might be lucky. The hot air balloon might go up in a minute. The hot air balloon? Yeah, they cut off and launch it from that field over there. Uh, especially when it's sunny. There's people over there. They might be might be waiting. It'll be ages though. I would I would be so you can't scared miss in a hot it air balloon. it goes up because it's it literally fill, fills the entire space of the balcony there. And you sometimes oh. you're sitting watching TV and you look out and there's just this fucking great virgin balloon <laughs> like where, well. where the sky was <laughs> I can yeah just the idea of floating in the sky in a wicker basket surrounded by a thin sheet of material yeah, and a blowtorch I'm never doing it never doing it why has that ever been a good idea uh, I guess the spontaneity of it's quite enticing mm, I don't know I don't know I feel like I feel like it's one of those things that is too organised like for, for what it appears to be actually it's like you have to make sure the weather conditions are, are right you've probably got to get in it with like six other people who have got one of those red letter days or whatever yeah who you don't and, really um, like I made a sketch once about someone who broke up with a girl uh, but still had the red letter day certificate to use for a hot air balloon and it was just the quickest sketch ever with just someone crying in a hot air balloon This <laughs> is <just> like <laughs> the most tragic <laughs> tragic sight ever <laughs> Although, obviously, you can't talk about TV stuff, but sort of what's next type, you know, what's the plan? Because you want to be back on YouTube, so how often are you going to, how often are you going to get videos out? Like, is well, it I've said that I'm going to aim to get a monthly video out, which as soon as I said it and it went public, I was like, oh, I don't want to 
have to do a monthly video. Like they, they, they are hard. I film everything myself. I edit everything myself. Everyone in it is usually friends and family, and it's all about trying to get people availability and the location. Especially this one was with the web. Like, it's insulting to me that I brought out the video and then it's suddenly the perfect weather for the last <laughs> few days. Because even just finding one day of sunshine in the last few months to film the scene where I'm on top of the cliff was just a nightmare because it would be too cloudy or it would start raining. And but now I've made it, the weather seems to be perfect. But so that one was a nightmare to make. So now that I know I'm going to do monthly videos, I can kind of contain myself and be like, right, what is actually possible? Maybe I want to try to set up a team of people that can help me on a monthly basis yeah. to make something. Because even though I said I'm going to do a monthly video, it doesn't mean I'm only going to do one video a month. I'm going to upload whatever I like. And that's what I like as well, is the pressure of a YouTube channel having made spoken word videos and the first one being such a hit was one, I'm never going to beat that. And two is like, has everything got to be kind of this quality and this this style mm -hmm. now? Um, so now that I, and I thought that it was a good idea to kind of release a video like In Our Nature and say, this is what I'm capable of making still. And you can expect a video like this every month, hopefully. Um, but in between that, I want to have the freedom to post what I want. So in that way, if I post something, it's a completely different style and a different kind of film and you don't like it, you know that yeah. one of these yeah, kind of films yeah. that you like yeah. is coming back up. So I want to use that time to kind of experiment because I do a lot of traveling. So I like making kind of like short travel videos um, that are not like vlogs, but they're more like cinematic kind of um, pieces to music and maybe could put spoken word over those. Or maybe like start interviewing my friends like you're doing here, but on certain <laughs> topics and things that people might find interesting. And, uh, and so people are interested in I've met so many people through Look Up, like th the people who study apes to see how we would act if we didn't have clothes and buildings and jobs and phones. It's kind of, if I did like a five minute conversation with them and animated, would that be of interest? I don't know, but yeah. I want to have the freedom to try that. Well, you do have the freedom. That's yeah. the, that's and start doing thing. stuff like live music, like the whole idea of writing a poem, but I have got into this habit of making a whole huge, highly produced film just <laughs> to share it, that maybe if I wrote a nice poem, I could just read it in front of the camera and, and share it and, yeah. keep, them like, and keep them short. Um, that's the thing as well, is like doing, having short content. People are only expecting these huge five, four, three minute films, which have got all these characters and these scenes in. What if I have a really powerful, hard hitting poem that's only 30 seconds long and takes place in one place? I wanted to feel like I can make that and release mm -hmm. that and it not be like, oh, he's doing less now, it's got whatever. It's more like, no, I'm going to do this and that and everything and then every month you'll get a decent film. But I, th I guess that's the thing you, you, know, you were saying about wanting people to know more of who you are. Yeah. Or just be more visible, I guess. It's, yeah, it's important it's... to that because that's, that's actually where you're going to kind of develop a following now beyond the mm -hmm. Like those people are going to be the ones that come to you and, and connect with you for whatever reason or just like you. <laughs> like, yeah, I think a lot of people like what I do for like the inspiration, the motivation, but yet that they only see one side of me so it's the idea of maybe I have to make something where I can make them laugh and like see that I've got a sense of humour or show you like the kind of things that I enjoy and what like are my hobbies or my interests like if I make a film about how I love old cameras or how I love motorcycles or how I love travelling like to make a film on that so you kind of learn more about me but I'll explain to you why I like these things and hopefully you know I can find ways around it kind of create a little you know, funny inspirational pieces about this and that, and just it's 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 being able to have the freedom now to take that risk. I think that's what you need to do. Yeah. Because I didn't ever know that Look Up was going to be a hit, or that was going to be what I was good at. So why stop there? How how about I find 
different styles of making videos and, and kind of make because at the day it's a channel it's a YouTube channel it's not one show mm -hmm. it's you're following my channel so you like my show which is the highly produced spoken word show but it's a channel so I can't only show that it's yeah. not 24 hour news it's, yeah. a, it's the kind of channel where there's going to be this show on this travel thing there's going to be this show on this music thing that I've done because I've got so many musicians that I love to do kind of like some poetry with them or you know, just try other stuff and make it more of a channel rather than it doesn't have to be too personality led as well like I'd love to make stuff with other people that I find mm -hmm. really talented and really fun and, and my channel will be able to be a good home for that yeah almost uh, almost like curation of people of yeah. <laughs> interesting people it's kind of what I'm trying to do with this this podcast thing is, is just, it's, just so many... it's very hard because I, I sort of feel I've already pigeonholed myself in terms of picking a name for it and describing what it is and you know that's changed and I'm not doing it weekly because that's just not doable but and who's uh, going to be annoyed at you if you do change it just me yeah. just me I know how you feel yeah. like this thing like but it's coming that's where I'd rather everyone else was annoyed with me because that's how I felt was like oh I kind of made this spoken word film channel now I can't put a video off of me talking to the camera people will be expecting me to rhyme and say stuff and they'll be really annoyed but then I realised like no I'm the only person who suddenly thinks that that's not a good thing to do. Like, how do I know that that's not exactly what everyone wants and people mm -hmm. will be more open to me knowing that I do other stuff rather than pigeonholing myself into this spoken word thing. So it's just taking that, and that's from meeting other YouTubers who've shown when they've made, because that's the thing, when you've got a channel and it's like a collection of like really nice videos, yeah. then suddenly go one where you've like just filmed it in your room and you're being a bit funny. <laughs> you feel like, oh, am I going to ruin that? But I think the, the, the nice look. thing is you, you obviously have enough experience and knowledge to even if you are in essence just sitting and talking to the camera you're still going to make it look okay and nice it's not gonna you're not gonna go from your like nicely produced spoken word pieces to mm. some shaky camera phone footage necessarily like you you've got an eye for it and I think that's that's actually sometimes where, in my mind, the YouTubers, that's not their background, so they sometimes don't get Yeah, I think that. it's also me being a bit crazy in the way that I'm such a perfectionist. and that That's I, fine. It's not that, I don't think there's anything to be ashamed of. It was... Because I started out as being a video of me just talking to the camera, and then it became like, all right, what's the background going to be? How well is it going to be there? Yeah. How's it going to be yeah. cut together? Where's the funny bits going to be? I need to put some sketches in it. I need to do a big montage of every YouTuber in the world that I know. Like, it became this weird video that I could have filmed in a day that became like this whole week in the making of and uh, and then I suddenly thought well, I need to have good music and I scored the whole video with music and it's just colour grading it like there's so many little things that I do that other YouTubers don't do but it's just more I'm only doing it to kind of hide my own insecurities that I don't think it's good enough digipopcast.com thanks for listening to digipop you can find gary on twitter and instagram gary underscore turk his new film in our nature is out now uh, just search on youtube for gary turk and it comes up right at the top and if you want to listen back to part one of our chat with gary or any of the other episodes of digipop so far um, you can find them on acast and itunes or if you head to ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. 
Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. DigiPopcast.com. And we'll see you again very soon. Subscribe now on Acast or iTunes.